When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After a couple of weeks away, we swiftly return to bring you our reaction to the announcement of the Premier League fixtures for the 2018-19 campaign. Along with plenty of transfer talk, our mood over having to return back to Wembley and being made to wait that bit longer to move into our special new home. As we have the last word on Spurs. Cleverly for Sheringham! The Bermondorf! And Defoe all the way! And to OVB, Danny Chidwell! Danny Rose on his Premier League debut! And it's Gareth Bale's night once again! Stoppage time, Alan Nielsen has scored! Manavar finds the net, lift off for Tottenham Hotspur! Crouch has scored for Spurs! It's Clinton McGonagall, he's got it! on Spurs, yet another sp- summer special coming your way. You can, of course, follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of the Last Word on Spurs, and we've also given it away, obviously, in the headline, we'll be taking a look and discussing the release of the fixtures for the 2018-19 season. We'll be taking some of your questions for the panel this evening. Alongside that, there'll be plenty of transfer talk, discussing over our new stadium and also having to return back to Wembley for the game against Fulham. Let me introduce the guest talking us through the next hour. As always, I've got Jason McGovern with me. Jace, how are you? Not too bad, mate. Enjoying the summer, enjoying a bit of volleyball, a bit of golf, a bit of cricket, and and avoiding that transfer window as much as I can, mate. Well, that's it. Enjoy the transfer window, Jace. <laughs> well, I think with, with day one, I think Russia have just won five nil, so Spurs are definitely going to be signing their man of the match by Sunday. In in six newspapers, it'll all be out. Ninety minute dot com. Spurs go for Golovkin. I, I, I guarantee you it, mate. I know you're keeping up, Jace. How many players have we had linked so far? Are we on the two hundred seventy eighth? Today, hey. yeah, I, th- I think we're almost at the hundred mark already. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it's going well, that's for sure. Hundred links and not a single person signed other than Harry Kane yet. So mm. that's a good one. And Pochettino, let's not forget. And Pochettino, the two most yep. important ones this summer. Joining Jason tonight, a regular on the last one on Spurs, returning this evening. Of course, in Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? How are you, boys? Yeah, very well. Hello, everybody. Enjoying the summer, Lee, so far. I am, mate. I'm actually. I'm just. Uh, I'm just relaxing, and uh, the sun uh, is uh, is beaming into my into my lounge. Mm. I might have to go and get my sunglasses on while I'm sitting inside. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you're keeping calmly about the transfer window. You're not losing it just yet. Uh, 
I have been keeping calm. I started to lose it a bit on Twitter yesterday with the whole Jack Grealish thing, which I'm sure we'll get into at some mm, point. We are. Uh, but again, you know, it's just, nothing's done until it's done. I, what, I know, what I do know is behind the scenes, a club are working their backsides off to get the people we need and we want. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think that we'll have some pleasant surprises by, uh, by the start of the season. I hope you're right, Lee, because I'm going to hold you to that and you've got to come back on this show, so no pressure. That's all right, mate. No worries about that. <laughs> you, you know me. Good for my word. I do know, I do know. And finally, last but not least, we're delighted to have returning to the show the Britain Ashley Watts. Ash, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm just enjoying the, the start of the World Cup this week. Yeah, well, does that mean, Ash, you're keeping clear of the transfer window? You're not getting too carried away by the lack of activity so far? Yeah, I don't take any notice until it flashes up on Spurs' Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to be Ash. I mean that's the best way to be about it that way you can't lose your head well let's get straight into it guys today has seen we're recording this show on uh, what are we now we're now Thursday evening has seen the release of the Premier League fixtures for the 2018-19 campaign Jason let me come around to you to start away to Newcastle United again for a second consecutive season in a row going to be on the weekend of August 11th 12th Jace instant reaction to it I think the, the the most noticeable thing was that eight of the first 12 were away from home. And even though I think we, we were expecting a, a future games to be shifted, I still think eight out of 12 is, is quite a surprise number. And then, of course, we'll have that, that little batch, I think, from Christmas through to February where it evens itself out. I think we've got six out of those eight at home. So, you know, we, we don't have a, a... We usually have that run, don't we, in November time where we have all the London derby. We presume to play, you know, uh, Man United... Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea and all that. We had, we don't have a real horror run like that at no. any stage in the season, do we? I think no, Chelsea fine. and Arsenal were back-to-back uh, both times, I think. Other than that, then then there's no uh, no things. And I was looking down the list uh, with about four games to go. We go to Manchester City and we can go there to win the league. And the following week, we send West Ham down in the new stadium. So it uh, looks like a good end to the season. Mm. And Jace, I've got to ask you, but obviously I said about Newcastle. Quick thoughts on that? First game, you know, we just knew it was going to be away. I think you just don't want one of the, you, you don't want Man United away or Liverpool away or something like that on the first day. And so, as long as you're not got one of the, the top five or six away from home, I think you know Newcastle's fine. I think sometimes you can have the little problem with, with say it being Fulham. Who else came out Fulham, Cardiff, Wolves. Wolves? I think yeah, ideally you don't want one of those on the first day because they come up full of it and looking forward to life back in the Premier League and things. So if you take them three in the top six away, then Newcastle's as, as decent a start as anywhere else, I suppose. Mm. Okay, well let me bring it on to you, Lee. So the fourth time in Premier League history that Newcastle and Spurs meet on the opening weekend of the Premier League, more than any other pair in Lee in the history of it. What did you make of that when it was announced as our first game of the season? Well, of course, the, uh, the the randomness of machine of the Premier League fixtures is totally random, isn't it? Of course. Are you slightly um, questioning so, yeah. that, Lee? Are you being curious <laughs> and questioning that somehow, do I think? No, I don't know. You know <laughs> the, the emoji with the finger over his mouth having mm. to think. Um, yeah, so, um, well, I mean, I'm quite pleased with that, to be honest. I, 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 I said... Um, few weeks ago probably a few months ago now on one of the pods that I knew that we uh, that we wasn't going to be playing any home games uh, before the international break which is essentially what's happened um, and yes we've got a Fulham home game in there but it's not home is it it's Wembley so uh, exactly. yep. um, you know that's actually an away game so um, yeah so I mean I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that I'm happy that we've got Newcastle I'm happy that we've got Fulham 
Um, although I've just come up and I agree with Jace around uh, um, you know the whole bazaars of just coming up so you'd hope um, you'd hope that we'd be able to deal with them I think the third game away Man United that's quite an interesting game um, because uh, you know who, who knows what's going to happen in the transfer window between the two clubs but I think Newcastle away I mean I, I don't know I mean it was, it was unkind to us a couple of seasons ago wasn't it obviously in the when, when we finished <coughs> don't second, mention that game don't mention yeah, that game. Exactly, when we lost 5 1. We, we forgot we that. We so forgot bad. that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we, uh, I know we finished third, but I'm thinking it was still second in my mm, head. I know. Uh, but yeah, so I, I know it was it was bad to us then. But other than that, I think it's been an okay ground. Obviously, last season we opened up there and got a good 2 0 win. So I'd be confident. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Zach at the THFC says, why always Newcastle either to begin or end a season? Good point there, Zach. Well, let me get Ash's reaction. So, Ash, St. James's Park, for me, it's never an easy place to go. However, with our decent away record over the, I say, last few years, you've got to say Spurs' away record last four or five years. It's come on so much than what it was back in the day. I felt when I was growing up supporting Spurs in the 90s, you know, it was almost kind of... You was really, really panicking when Tottenham used to go away from home. But nowadays, our away record is fairly decent. Ash, surely it's a game we should be approaching with absolutely no fear and going there for all three points, isn't it? Yeah, um, especially as I feel last year when when we played them, I think they'd just come up. So they were bouncing off the coming up and we still managed to do a job on them, even though we didn't play particularly well. Um, I reckon everyone be raring to go by that point. It should... The only thing I see with playing a team like Newcastle is they're going to not have many players away at the World Cup. So I'm just wondering how many of our players are still going to have a World Cup hangover, sort of. If France or Belgium go quite far, then a few of our players might be underprepared for that. But apart from that, it's a great game to start with because it should be a winnable game. Mm, I agree. Like I say, you would want to go into that game thinking that Spurs can take all the three points and hopefully there'll be some summer signings also within that squad. Fingers crossed. We're being made to wait at the moment. Although it is early days. We are still in June. Can't get too carried away. Jason, let me bring it back round to you. Cal at CMH underscore 26 says, what's your overall reaction to playing the one game at Wembley, that obviously being Fulham, and then supposedly playing Liverpool in the first game at the new stadium? Let's get your reaction first, Jace, in terms of the Fulham game. Obviously, going to be at Wembley on Pochettino's demands. Interestingly, yeah, that's what I was going to say. When you you read the the explanation, it's it's the coaching staff that have said they didn't want to start with four straight away games, and they'd sooner have that one. And I think that actually makes a little bit of sense to 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 not have four straight away games. We saw our one or two sides. I think West Ham struggled with it last year, and I think Liverpool struggled because they. I don't think I think they might have had their first three or four away from home and drop points at Watford and places like that. So, yeah, I think, you know, provided you win the game, obviously, but it, it does give you that chance to get that first one under your belt. And, um, you know, hopefully we can sit in there after those first two games with, with two wins. But as Ash said, I think the, the big difference is with, with any of them, in fairness, with, with probably a lot of the top, top five or six sides, it's how many players come back from the World Cup and are really up and running by the time we, we kick that season off because... You know, if, if you're right, if you go to the quarterfinals of the World Cup, then and then you get your three-week break, then you're not going to be back in training until the first week of August. So you know, the, you will be undercooked. But that can affect any side that, with players at the World Cup, in fairness, and it won't be an excuse. But yeah, it does make sense to get Fulham, Fulham at home and give us that chance to get a first home game in. So disappointed it's not at the stadium, but you know, Wembley, you know, we got used to Wembley last year, so it's only one more weekend. 
Yep, I mean, that's true. Spurs' statement on that, just to clarify before I bring it around to Lisa Spurs' statement, like I say, on the Thursday was that it was our intention to seek to play the first few games away. In discussion with our coaching staff, the preference was to break what would have been a continuous run of away games with one game at what was effectively our home stadium last season. So that's Spurs' clarity on the statement of having to play the game at Wembley against Fulham. Lee, instant reaction for you. We've waited so long already for the stadium. Is it really going to kill us a couple more weeks, Lee? No, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about that. I wasn't expecting to play our first home game in the, in the new stadium until after the international break, as I've stated previously um, um, before. But I, I, I do slightly disagree. I mean, who, how dare I disagree with Poch? How dare <laughs> I? But, I mean... I know where Jason's come from and I do know where Poch is coming from, but I would have rather have had that at the back end of the season. Right. Because I do think that um, some, sometimes, you know, we, we go into these big runs like we did at this uh, last season where we had uh, two Champions League games against Juventus, sandwiched in between City and United and Arsenal and all these games, you know, this big run, run of games. And actually, if, if that kind of, um, if we have them types of runs when we're going deeper in the you know, cup competitions, a home game might have been better than an away game. But look, I mean, we're talking Fulham, which is down the road anyway, in the same, in the same bloody city. So I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. Um, it is kind of an away game anyway, isn't it? Because as we've always said last season, it, it was uh, Wembley was away. I think what's going to be a little bit crazy um, is the ticketing for that. Because just because you've got a season ticket, it don't, they're, they're going on sale again for Wembley, so they're not getting transferred across. Mm. So you have to, they're going to have to resell all of that sort of stuff. So that's that's a little bit of a, um, I suppose, a, a ball ache, excuse the language. But yeah, I think um, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I have to say, having the seeing the fixtures coming out, seeing where we are, having uh, having to, I suppose, it's a little bit nostalgic almost going back to Wembley for one last time. Um, hopefully it won't be one last time during the cup competitions. No, but, no, exactly. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, you know, we're going to be in some world-class, amazing new home. Um, and a couple more weeks isn't going to make no difference. Well, exactly. I mean, it's one game at Wembley, three away, then on to the new home. It, for me, it could have been much worse when you look at some of the pictures. Don't get me wrong, stadiums will be coming along so well over the summer, but clearly, you know, it, it doesn't appear to be ready yet. I mean, Ash, before I bring it on to you, Pochettino said, we discussed the timings and the ability to play away. And I think it's a good solution to have an earlier home game. Wembley was great for us last season, and we're even more used to that now than we are the new stadium. So he's, like I say, made his statement there. Ash, just your reaction on the Fulham game at Wembley. Last season, I think it was only the, the Chelsea and the City that we, we actually lost to. Mm. So, providing it wasn't against one of them or one of the big boys, then I'm, I'm quite happy to play a team like Fulham there. To see us go, go there, how we finished off the season there, rather than how we started. What, a seven-goal thriller? <laughs> <laughs> well, we won, didn't we? So we did. that's the yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, it, well, last season we always knew we were going to struggle there at the start and we we had a couple of bad games, which I guess everyone was probably expecting. But then once we, we got into playing at Wembley and we got used to it, we we were taking teams apart there. Look, we beat Liverpool and Real Madrid there, so Fulham shouldn't really be a problem, should it? Mm. I think we're terrified to say if it, would, if it won't. Let's, let's maybe see what happens in the summer. But I agree, based on paper, I actually like to think you know Spurs with the squad we'll have in comparison to Fulham... Um, we should be good enough to get the win against Fulham at Wembley. Simple as that. I mean, let me bring it back around here, Jay. So, Liverpool. 
It's the big. It's a big, big game to open up the new stadium with, isn't it? The weekend of the 15th, 16th of September. A cracker of a of a game. Was it kind of in a way, Jace, with all the drama we had against Liverpool last season? It was almost going to be that kind of game to open up the stadium. Do you not think, in a way? Yeah, I think it probably was. I think. I suppose the shame is that we haven't got a. I would have loved the, the first game to have been a, a pre-season game against, say, a Barcelona or had Messi there as a, you know, in in the side for the opening day of the stadium or something like that. And I suppose, you know, the club when you look at it, having to run test events, they probably would have liked it all finished, and so that we would have had a, a genuine pre-season game or a testimonial or or something like that. But when it comes to it, I suppose it's one of the big ones. We finished with Man United at the old White Hart Lane. We'll start with Liverpool now and. Um, I just hope we can sign Sergio Ramos before that game, and and uh, and so we can have a little word with Salah in the in the lineup. It would just be fantastic. But and uh, you know all the all the salts all the salt pots will be out, won't they? That's for sure for that one. Mm. But um, it's actually quite a, as it's worked out when you look at it. It's it's Liverpool home, City home, Chelsea home, and Cardiff. I think are the first four. So you've got you know you've got three of the big boys in the first four games there. Plus, I suppose who we get within the Champions League. So. No, I don't mind starting with Liverpool. You know, should be should be a decent game, and White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, as they're calling it at the moment, I'm sure will be rocking for that first game, and maybe that will give us that advantage that, that we could do with. That's for sure. Mm. Jace, you brought up there about the test events. Chris Rodber asked the question: What do you think the test events will involve? Surely there needs to be some kind of incentive to get fifty to sixty thousand fans turning up for those. I mean, it's a very good question. Any thoughts on that? I don't know. I, mean, I would imagine one will be a, an open training session or something like that. Um, but I think that you know that I don't. I don't think they'll have a problem to get a lot of people there because if you're not a season ticket holder and and you're struggling to get a ticket for that Liverpool game because presumably the tickets will go on sale what mm. six weeks before that game, won't they? So yeah. oh, you know right, there'll, yeah. there'll be a lot of people who won't be able to go for that first game, and then a test event comes up. And you think you know the curiosity factor. I mean, you know, I won't. I won't, I'm certainly not a season ticket holder, so I'll struggle for that Liverpool game. But I'd certainly go over there for a test event and have a look at the. I think there'll be so much, you know, so much intrigue to go there and have a look at it once it's open. So and and to say, you know, I was in the I was the first one in the, the stadium type mm, of thing. So course, yeah. I, I don't think they'll they'll have two. Obviously, holiday time comes into it. They might struggle to get sixty, but I, I can see them getting forty five, fifty thousand, even even for something like that, because as I say, I'm presumably they'll, they'll tell local residents and, and things like that. And if they chuck in a free t-shirt or something, I was there, you, you know what clubs do now, don't you? I mean, you see that on old or flags or something like that. They stick mm. on the seat. So I'm sure they'll, they'll get away with something, but I presume at one stage they'll have to have a, a massive evacuation thing, won't they? Because to, to get the safeties of it, the yep. fire people and the police people who want to see how quickly they can get 60,000 away in the event of a rush, I think that's part of the standards for a safety certificate. So I don't know what they'll do for that. That's for sure. Maybe they could screen the away well, game. I was just thinking. Let's hope they don't attempt to try. And let's hope we don't play that badly there, where it gets to the point where it will be sixty thousand walking out after the first game. That's all we need, especially against Liverpool no, as well. Just, they could just. It could just name Sissoko and start. Right <laughs> they'll get sixty thousand out pretty quick. Mass, mass walkout there. <laughs> there so, Poor sorry, Sissoko. We're, sorry. Only, we're only eighteen um, minutes in. God, <laughs> just on the, just on the, uh, just following on from yes, Jason for Cam quickly. Yeah, please come on in. On the test it. events, mm. um, the first test event I think Jason's nowadays. You know what I mean, it'd be like um, 
Uh, like you say, like an open training session. Saying the second test event is the unveiling and the homecoming of Gareth Bale oh, when he Lee. signs again and comes. Uh, you're home, not going to do this to us, 60, are you? Are yeah, you going to try that. and do this to us? I, I feel this one's got pretty quiet now, Lee. I mean, there was obviously a massive kind of hysteria after that fabulous overhead kick, and don't get me wrong, we absolutely loved it because it was Liverpool and the magnitude of it and the way that game unfolded. But Lee, I'm not being drawn into it, pal. I'm not being drawn into Bale. I'm sorry. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But Lee, let's get your overreaction. Come on. Let me get your overreaction. Come on. Let me get your overreaction, Lee, as Cal's asked the question about Liverpool. Um, big game to start off with at the new stadium. Massive. You must be buzzing for it. Buzzing. Absolutely massive. Mm. That wall is going to be buzzing. Cop? What cop? What are you talking about, Liverpool? You come <laughs> and see some proper cop. Come and see some proper wall. The rule of Spurs, the South Stand, is going to be rocking. Against Liverpool, the first game. Oh, my God. It's going to be epic. And I'm in block 209, mate, right in the mixer. And it is going to be superb. And I cannot wait. And, and it's interesting what Jay's talked about before, about the big boys coming, coming through. I, I, I genuinely don't think, like what Ash said earlier about the whole Wembley piece, I don't think we're going to struggle in the new stadium because, uh, look, I might be naive, but sod it, I'm Mr. Optimistic. The reality is I don't think we're going to struggle in the new stadium because we, we've got over it in going to Wembley. And this is our home and it is world class and it is going to be amazing. The, the place is going to be rocking. And I, I can only see six or seven nil win from uh, from Spurs. OK, you're not getting too carried away then, Lee. Feet firmly on the ground. Nah, not at all, not at all. <laughs> no, nah, maybe on the result, clearly, but it will be rocking. I mean, that place, that South Stand looks amazing. Wait. Yeah, we're well, talking about the wall. I think that brings it perfectly on to Ash. Ash, talk to us about the wall because you've been trying to get this thing going, haven't you? Floor's yours. Yeah, so I started up a Twitter account. Um, it's at Wall Spurs. Um, you can you can find it on Twitter. Um, it's only got a couple of hundred followers at the moment, but I'm trying to get as many season ticket holders who are in the wall to to follow. I'm in the wall, mate. I'm yeah. just looking it up. <laughs> Yeah, give it a follow, and then even if you're not in the wall, to be honest, if if you if you want to be a part, still feel a part of the wall, then give it a follow because we're we're going to create some sort of atmosphere there which will rival any 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 team in the world. That's a cracking idea, Ash. I mean, like I say, we'll definitely give it a retweet on the last word on Spurs account, and I'll, from my personal account as well, definitely give that a, a retweet. That'd be um that'd be great because I think obviously the intention actually is, which I'm sure you're obviously trying to do. Is trying to build the atmosphere for these Champions League games for the likes of the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the United's, the Cities, the Liverpool's. It's going to be amazing, isn't it? We want to create this atmosphere where you want to feel the crowd are right on top of the players, just like it was at White Hart Lane. It's about trying to mirror that same atmosphere we've had for so many years at the lane. That really, as we know, we've spoken. You know, players have said it before. How much that crowd plays such a difference when it's so on top of the players. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you look at um, say other clubs with with a similar sort of stand you've got your liverpools you've got your dortmunds that mm. they're, they're well renowned for for their wall and it creates such a special atmosphere and our wall is bigger than liverpool's and it is steeper than liverpool's so i f- i feel like we're going to be closer to the pitch we're we're just going to be able to create such a be- a better atmosphere than there and and they've they've got um history as being the best best fans in the world, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think our stadium will overtake them. I think we'll be the, the best stadium in the UK. Well, your mouth, honestly, Ash, to God's ears, I really hope that's the case. It's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. I'm sure it will be. And like I say, get onto that guys, that group, at Wolfspurs, get following that on Twitter. Like I say, let's 
let's build the atmosphere because it's going to be absolutely incredible. Jace, let me come back round to you. So, in terms of fixtures, more interesting ones. Spurs host Chelsea and visit Arsenal in successive fixtures in both November and December, with the returns being February and March. First North London derby at the new stadium being March the 2nd. Important to get those dates jotted down early. Yeah, they're in quickly. And the the uh, between the Chelsea and the Arsenal, that first batch will be match day five in the Champions League. So that could be a really busy week. Mm, yeah. You know, logically qualification usually goes down to at least match day five, doesn't it? And whilst we don't know yeah. the opponents, that's that's a week where you want to be filled in probably your best side in all three games. So that that will be a demanding week. The second time around, you know, there's, there's a clear week between the two fixtures. So... Uh, Six points from the second batch, six points in the first batch would be the perfect way to do it. But both of them probably under new managers as well. Mm, yeah, we'll have to wait and see with Conte. That speculation seems to still be ongoing. Lee, the way those fixtures are kind of knitted together in a way, you've got November and December, and then you've got February and March in terms of the turnarounds between the Chelsea and the Arsenal games. Initial thoughts for you on those? Yeah, it's, uh, just to echo what Jay said there, really, with the Champions League, match day five, it's a little bit like that... Um, what we had in March, or so end of February, March, wasn't it? This uh, last season uh, with these big games, but that's what you want to be in, isn't it, guys? You want to be playing there, man. Coming to White Hart Lane or the new Tottenham Stadium or the new Lane, as I'm calling it, or you know, <laughs> World Class, whatever you want to call it. Get them big teams to come down to our new stadium. Sixty-two and a half thousand people. The wall of noise at Wall Spurs absolutely phenomenal it's just going to be the atmosphere is going to be epic uh, just get yourselves down there lads it's 100% mm, I agree it's, it's also it's also worth don't forget pointing out that the Arsenal game whilst it's shown as the 1st of December will already be the 2nd of December because don't forget they'll be on the Thursday night that week yeah that's a good point how long did that take not even half hour in there you go quick little dig yeah, quick little good, dig yeah. Honestly. Ash, thoughts on that then in terms of Spurs hosting Chelsea, visiting Arsenal in successive fixtures in November and December and of course the turnaround in February, March? Yeah, I don't think it's a problem. We 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 smashed it last year when we had that run, didn't we? we where Musa turned up for four cracking games. Mm. The players are there for the big games. We, we, we go for the big games, so wherever they are, whenever they are, it's, it's fine. We've got to play 38 games. We've got all got to play the same amount of games. So if they're one after each other, then so be it. Mm. I mean, it's interesting you say that because talk about big games, coming back around here, Jace, Tottenham away to both Liverpool and Man City in the last seven fixtures and then finishing at home to Everton. I think we wrap up the title that City and, and <laughs> the following week, renegade West Ham in our new stadium. What a, what a perfect <laughs> not bad, is it? We're not getting carried away at all. Just and, you know, feet ball, on the ground here. Bournemouth and Everton, we can play the play the youth kids because we're saving the, the main players for the Champions League final, mate. So <laughs> confident in that way. But it, yeah, imagine going to Manchester City and winning the league there, oh, taking their title off of them. That'd be nice. But no, I mean, you know, there's a lot. By the time you reach the end of the season, who knows that that you know there could be rearranged fixtures and all mm. sorts of things by yep. then. So uh, it's not look too far ahead that way. But um, you know, hopefully. Everything will be done and dusty. I mean, you've got, you got to play those big teams at some stage, haven't you? So, um, like I say, I think the important thing is we don't have that horror run that we had this year when we had, we had what, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, West Ham, Real Madrid, Real Madrid the second game. We had a run of six or seven like that in a yeah, row, didn't we? That's and, right, yeah. And if we can avoid that type of run, hopefully, as I say, that, that worst run does look like Chelsea, match day five and Arsenal. But other than that, there's, there's no real... 
at the moment when you look down the list there's there's nothing to to really scare you in that respect mm. i mean we should say at this present moment in time that all the all the fixtures are potentially subject to change depending on how the broadcasters want to take the games in terms of you know obviously bt sport and sky sports in terms of the english Football League, Amazon. Uh, Amazon, yeah, that's a good point. Amazon, obviously, we yeah. don't know obviously how it's going to work for the the foreign league, uh, the foreign TV channels, how they're going to take their games. But I mean, also worth saying at the moment, when you look at the Champions League group stage games in terms of what would follow them, you'd be looking at at the moment: Brighton away, Cardiff home, Man City home, Palace away, Arsenal away, Burnley home. I mean, Lee, thoughts on those? Fixtures. It's difficult, isn't it, to tell at the moment how that's going to impact us and where we're going to be at those points in the season. Yeah, no, it is hard, and obviously we're, we're just we're just having fun with it, aren't we? Of course. Kind of playing around with it and having yep. a look. But again, there's again, I don't think there's any anything that you look at that there and you think, oh, you know, it's not as if we're we're going into a run of six games where it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's it's going to be difficult. I mean, you're you've got a Man City, but then that's balanced out with a maybe a team that you're expected to beat. And I only use it as expected to beat because there's no guarantees in the Premier League. No, of there, course you know, not. No, exactly. Said. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, if you, if, you to, if you used to look down a fixture list, I don't know how many, how many fans, how many of you listeners do this, um, or, or players or managers for, for that much. But if you just look down a fixture list and look at that and you go, three points there, get a draw there, three points there, get... <laughs> And, and you look at it kind of in batches of 10. If you look at the fixtures in kind of batches of 10 and then the last eight games, you, you would probably you would probably be looking at getting probably on average 20, 20 points out of each of them 10 first 10 games. Do you see what I mean? Mm, so yeah. you, you're putting yourself in a situation of going along the, the 75, 8, 85 type point mark towards the end of the season so you know you're going to be kind of there or thereabouts does that make sense yeah no it does no no, i see the point you're making i mean let me bring it around to you ash so at the moment spurs's fixtures versus the top six as things stand obviously again subject to change man united away 25th of august liverpool home 15th of september again this is week endings of those man city home 27th of october that weekend chelsea home 24th november arsenal away 1st december man united 12th of jan weekend chelsea away 27th of feb arsenal home weekend of 20 oh, weekend of 2nd of march liverpool away 30th of march man city away 20th of april like jason has said there ash there's not really any kind of mass concern where you're going to have, apart from the Chelsea and Arsenal in those couple of weeks, there's no kind of real consecutive run of the top six games coming week after week, if you get my drift. And conversely to that, that after the Arsenal game on, at the beginning of December, um, apart from United at home, we don't really have one of the so-called top six until the end of February. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, that is an, a key, key point there because, I mean, Jace, it's going to be a great opportunity, you would think, between the period of October to December to really go on a decent run of how those fixtures fall, you would think. Yeah, it should be. And, and as you say, from, I mean, that Christmas to February, like I said earlier, six of those eight are at, are at home as well. Mm. So yeah. definitely gives you a chance to whack those points up. And just, just when you read those dates out, it was just one in August, one in September, one in October, one in November, one in December. I think the only time you... You mentioned two was in March, and one's the second of March, and one's the thirtieth of March. That's right. So yeah, that's right. That just shows you how, how far spread. But like I say, I think once you get Christmas and that out of the way, then who knows what you've got with rearranged games and, and Champions course, League yeah. knockout rounds, and and uh, you know Woolwich, as I say, will be in the Europa League. So you know, even that game <laughs> on the second of March could end up being uh, being the Sunday because they'll have played the previous week and. 
who knows if we'll be in the, the League Cup final and things like that, which creates different fixtures. So, you know, it's, it's that opening. I think the first, you just look at it really up until Christmas and then let's see where we are before all the fixtures with weather and things like that get moved around. Yeah, you look at, just, just you say about that, that first element of it, weirdly enough, it's just flashed up on, uh, on the screen I'm watching. And the Tottenham's first six games, Newcastle, Fulham, United, Watford, Liverpool, Brighton, I know we've covered it off a little bit. Mm. But actually, if you go back to my point scoring thing, you know, so get your little pens and paper out, people, <laughs> and start having a little scroll down the side. Newcastle, three points. Fulham, three points. United, maybe we lose. Just bear no, with me. No, it's got a Martial late winner written all over it. Bear with me. Just bear with me. So that's three Spurs, points, three points and a loss. Martial. That's six points so far. Watford, three points. That's nine points. Liverpool, that's another three points because at home against the wall, get in. That's um, 12 <laughs> points. Then Brighton, that's three points as well. So that's 15 points out of a possible 18. That's losing to Man United. We go there, get a draw. Then that's 18 out of a, uh, sorry, 16 out of a possible 18. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of points in your first six games. Mm. That's kind of, you know, that really sets you off on a run, doesn't it? It does. I mean, like I say, we talk about the decent run. And I mean, actually, I'll bring it back around to you because, as I said then, between that period of October to December, you know, at the moment, as things stand, you have West Ham away, Man City home, Wolves away, Palace away, Chelsea home, Arsenal away, Southampton home, Leicester City away, Burnley home. And like Lee says there about, you know, an opportunity to really kind of string some decent results together. I mean, there it is again, Ash, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, there's a couple of opportunities. There's that, and then there's the just after New Year, mm. where I think we can just if we, we normally hit form around around Christmas and just yeah, it's bomb. So it could it could work quite in our favour with these run of fixtures. If if we hit our straps like we normally do, I can't see us dropping many points in that period. So as as long as we we stay in touch after the first say like ten games, make sure we're there thereabouts, and we haven't we haven't done any. Sh- anything stupid at a new stadium and started losing games we shouldn't then then i can see it being a quite a promising season uh moving through them set of fixtures okay so it is that time of the show of course our favorite time of the show jason's ultimate favorite time of the show it's time to talk about transfers now it's funny you had a question in firstly from michael um at ARWMJC who says are the lads getting a little frustrated with the lack of transfer activity especially when Poch was looking to get a lot of the deals done only before the World Cup and the fact that our rivals have been very active Jace I feel like I've got to ask that question to you not really mate not really mate I mean is it, is it actually is the, offic- is the official transfer window open yet you can buy That's players like a... Liverpool have bought players you, you can buy them, but, you players. but you can't Right. Arsenal so, players. How, how many transfers? Well, Arsenal haven't bought anyone. They got a free thirty-four-year-old. Oh, right. okay. I mean, Jesus Christ! You'd hardly say that's buying somebody. That's that's going to <laughs> that's going to Audi and finding the the, the on on sale offer, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's not exactly doing much shopping. But uh, I don't think Everton have bought anyone yet, have they? Or Burnley? Yeah, but we're not in a, not Chelsea in a rude bought way. anyone yet? Yeah, but not in a. Okay, Chelsea, you can acknowledge, but please don't throw me right, Everton Chelsea and Burnley. Do you know what I mean? Turns about no, no, where but, we're at. You know, I mean, Arsenal haven't bought anyone yet. Who have Manchester City bought? Mm. But forget about those clubs, Jason. What about us? Well, well, what about well us? yeah, I think I think Spurs should have signed seventy-two by now <laughs> because it's only been we'd have made it then seventy-four deals. I mean, oh. you know, let's be fair. Liverpool had a touch of the old premature ejaculation, I, didn't I they? Know, they tried yeah, to get yeah. another deal done, and and it fell through. You think? Didn't you learn from Van Dyke? Mm. They give a bloke a medical who hasn't even agreed to go there, and so that's what happens when you rush transfers. There will be that argument, though, Jase. There will be that argument over Liverpool. At least they're going out there early, 
and nailing our transfer targets. Where you think, you know, Pochettino, he signed, obviously, to commit for another, I'd say, five, six years, that he wants deals done early. He made a point saying it previously. He wants players before this World Cup. Surely he does. Or is it, do you think, dependent on, we're going to come on to the transfers in a minute, the fact that, you know, we don't know what the situation with Adeviro's future is. We don't know with Dembele. There's continuous links with him. Danny Rose, is that a position we're going to be looking to fill? Do you think it's a case where maybe we're waiting for players to depart before we know which areas to fill? I think there may be some of that. I think also some of the players we're going for will wait till after the World Cup. Their agents will say, you know, let's let's see if you get offers from from Paris and if you get an offer from Atletico Madrid and you get an offer from Tottenham and that, they, they won't just jump at the first opportunity. So, mm. you know, I mean, Grealish is linked, obviously. Yes, without a doubt, I expect Tottenham would be the highest profile club that he'd go for. So he would jump at the opportunity. But, but you know, some of the others, you know... I don't don't worry about it at all. There's plenty of time. I, if I'm sitting here on August the fifth and we've signed no one, I might be worried. But until then, no, not at all. Just keep calm. Keep, as I say, we're signing Golovkin on Sunday because he was man of the match today. So he's definitely coming on Sunday. Oh dear. Well, shall we get straight into it then? So Jamie Gross, let's let Jamie kick us off in terms of this part of the show. I'll ask you, Lee. Jamie Gross says, what do we do now with Toby Adeville and Danny Rose? Both have reportedly, well, it's actually been said, both have actually come out and said now they wouldn't be opposed to staying. Um, I wouldn't say it was, they would say they're opposed to staying. Both have said, you know, they've got contracts with Tottenham. Um, I'll have to wait and see. But th- Jamie says he would get rid of both if they're not prepared to sign new contracts. Pochettino's philosophy is about full commitment from every single player, which both have shown a lack of. Agree, Lee? And where do you see their futures? Um, I don't agree, actually, okay. um, on, on both on both areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, bizarrely, I'm going to say this now, I actually think Toby's going to stay. God, I, there you go. I, I do. And, and uh, so just, I don't want to labour the point on Toby, so let's talk about Rose. I think the revelations of Rose's um, mental health issues and the, the, the issues that he's been having, I, I think actually put a completely different spin on things. Now, I'm not saying that um, he was hiding behind the fact that, you know, the comments that he made at the beginning of last season or in the in the transfer window last season and all that sort of stuff, you know, they, they did hurt us fans and, and, and the club and maybe the teammates and stuff. But, so I'm not saying that he's, he's hiding behind that, but... I think it puts into context, you know, a little bit like the whole Lamella situation. When you see that footage of Lamella mm. with his leg and he couldn't even walk. No. Listen, he could not even walk. And then we're standing there like 12 months later going, ah, oh, sack him off. He, he's not very good. He should be scoring more goals or whatever. And I'm guilty of saying the same thing. I think that puts it into context with Danny Rose because we don't actually know. No one knows what goes on behind closed doors. Mm. And Jason said it's the whole way through through last season as well, you know, about the Toby Alderweireld contract. Nobody knows what's going around. Has Toby Alderweireld, and we all know that his PR, Twitter PR and all that's been doing great, but has Toby Alderweireld ever, ever come out and said that he'd never wanted to play for Tottenham? Has he ever come out and said that he wants to leave? So now when it's being reported that he's coming out and saying, I've got two, year, two years left on my contract of Spurs, which is the normal thing anyone would say. Everyone's saying, oh, now he's changing his mind. No, he's not. He's just never said that he never wanted to stay. That's mm-hmm. what's been reports. Do you see what I mean? So I'm firmly in the camp with Jason in terms of patience. The club are working very, very hard. They're not going to go and buy £50 million um, uh, Delit, who, by the way, has looked freaking amazing Does look but good. they're not going to go and mm. spend 50 million or 50 million euros on Delit when there is a possibility that by the way 
the best centre back or the top one or two centre backs in the Premier League, as in Toby Olive World, may may be staying. Mm. Do you see what I mean? So, yes, so at the end of the day, yeah. so uh, like what you said before, and you know, it, it, it does have a knock-on effect. I do truly believe that Spurs have got their key targets. I think Jack Grealish is an opportunistic target. I don't think there was he was on no one's radar. But the fact that Villa are now well practically skint and they had a load of money to HMRC, Levy's having a little sniff around for an opportunistic 22-year-old English midfielder that he could probably buy for 15 million. Poch making pretty decent as a squad player. Maybe we could sell him on, or maybe he might be able to do a job. But, um, but I don't think that's going to be kind of a you know a, a Martial or Bale type signing, like first team thing. I just think that's op- op- opportunistic. I think we've got kind of two or three key areas, key targets that he knows that he wants to go after, and I've got absolute confidence that they're going after them. Whether they nail them is a, is, a, is another thing. And in terms of signings. Guys and girls, seriously, it is June the 14th. When has Tottenham ever done a deal in June? Well, there's only one. There's only one in my mind that stands out, Lee, and that was Luka Modric. That's the only one that stands out to me. Well, fair play, fair play. Yeah, that's the only one that I can think of that stands out. I might be... Is there any more? Any guys, any more that you can think of? That's the only one I can think of. I tell you, there's a lot more. You'd be surprised. There's a lot more. When did you have... Jan Vertonghen, Kieran Trippier, Victor Wanyama. In June? Um, I don't think they're in yeah, June, Joe. Yeah, yeah, in June, yeah, are you yeah. sure? Well, I, yeah. I, right. I think, well, no, I, absolutely. I stand correct on that, but it does absolutely. feel like that there's more signings on like deadline day than there, than there has been in oh, June. It I would spoke, be with and Tottenham. And that's my point. <laughs> Without <laughs> a doubt, that is, that's for sure. But it, it, we have actually made signings by this stage. I mean, even uh, Vincent Jensen, I think, was, was done by now. That season. Right. Mm, that's gone down well, hasn't it? Well, and, and he's still a Tottenham player. We're still trying to get rid of him. Let me bring you in, Ash, just to kind of sum up on the Toby situation. I know we've gone, gone too long about it, but just to clarify on his comments, he was asked if he could stay at Tottenham, and his own words were, yeah, why not? I have two years left on my contract. I don't know what is going to happen. Ash, what's going to happen? I think, personally, that he will go, only because of what happened last season, the fact that Poch's continu- continuation to not play him, even in our biggest games, I know there was the worries about, is he is he fully fit? Why would we change a winning team? All that. But at the end of the day, he's he's one of the best centre-backs in the league. Him and Vertonghen should be our, our main partnership. They're our best two centre-backs. And if Pochettino isn't willing to play them two together in a big game, then there must be something going on behind closed doors that he's not happy about. And last season, we were all saying, oh, yeah, he's not playing in because he sees Sanchez and Vertonghen as, a fu- as the future partnership. And I don't, ju- just because he's come out and not said something where he's come out and said he could possibly stay, I don't see why that would have changed. Um, he hasn't signed a contract still. So as far as I'm concerned, he, he still doesn't want to commit himself to Tottenham. And, and also, in my opinion, any player who inserts a release clause into their their contract at a club isn't fully committed to the club because if if you if he had that at the start when he joined in his mind that potentially mm. he could leave for a certain amount of money yep. then did he see us as a stepping stone to perhaps it's a, point. It's a great point yeah that's a, that's a yeah, very that good, point. good point yeah because i mean the thing with toby is as we've seen i think with his previous contract as well um, with atletico madrid there was a release clause in there too so it's obviously seems to be with him and his, and his agents and his representatives, it does seem to be a, a common theme with him in terms of contracts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Jace, that kind of then brings me on to the next ploy in this about the Adavirold and Man United link. 
That's about Anthony Martial, who, according to you know various sources this summer, Spurs are leading the race to sign Anthony Martial from Man United. And you'd think, obviously, with the negotiations with Toby Alderweireld and the Man United links, this seems to be quite a key thing amongst this potential deal. I know you've never been that particularly keen on Martial. Has your stance weakened or changed at all over this summer? No, I've always... I've always felt he'd improve our squad without a doubt. So, mm. in that sense, I'm just not as as buzzing about my. I've always felt if if I could assign one of the two, it would be Rashford more than Martial. But you know, as I say, I think Martial is an improvement on what we've got. So it will be a, a signing. I can't see Martial happening if Toby doesn't go the other way. So you honestly think then? So just to confirm, you honestly think there's going to be a change in Daniel Levy's tactics, where it's no longer just about selling our best players to our direct rivals. You honestly believe if Toby's going we're taking something back in return. Is that how you see it? I, I think it's it's more actually from Manchester United's side. I don't think they'll they'll we've got any chance of getting Martial from then if they don't get Toby from us. Okay. I don't think Daniel I think Daniel Levy's thing, despite what people say, you've got to bear in mind that going back donkey's years, when Sol Campbell walks on a free, he said no one will ever be able to do that from this club again. And they see Toby going for twenty five million in twelve months and and they know he'll go in 12 months for that price, even if he stays for the season. And I think they just think, look, if we're going to have to replace him. Let's replace him with proper money than with the 25 million that we'll get 12 months down the line. So I think, you know, if Toby had maybe three or four years to go on his contract, I think it would be an entirely different case. But they're just not, you know, Tottenham have, have he always said, I will never let that happen again, what happened to Campbell. And we got really lucky that Ledley, Ledley came through on a, you know, from the, from the academy and we didn't have to replace him. But... That's not going to happen. So I think Toby, it wouldn't surprise me if Toby ends up going and and that the Martial deal maybe will only happen if, if we drop the fee on Toby. But, you know, I can understand Manchester United's point of view. They think, why spend £75 million on a bloke we can get for £25 million in 12 months? Mm. It's It just doesn't make sense in that way. So, you know, if we sign Martial, great. But I, I think Man United will be the ones that say, well, if you really want him, then you have to let Toby come up here and... And I, I don't think there'll be that much cash difference between the two. I think Man United may end up getting Toby for 55 type of thing, which is what Tottenham will probably have to spend on his replacement. And I think they'll just look at it in that way. Mm. I mean, I've been very full for it all summer. And I maintain the point for me that the only way I see the Toby Adeviral deal to Man United, using the terminology as tolerable, is if Martial is included in, in this transfer in some form of, of way, plus money. Because for me... Like I think Asher said, like Leah said, you know, you're losing one of the best defenders, not in the Premier League, but in Europe. You're giving Man United the strength. We're weakening ourselves. We have to take something in return. There has to be a change in this club where we have to stop giving away our best players for money and getting absolutely nothing back in return. And I acknowledge the point, Jace, that in 12 months, yep, he can walk away for free. I get that completely. And in the end, really, this is the only summer we can make some serious money on him. But at the end of the day, there's got to be a change in this football club where, from a culture perspective, you have to stand up and say, look, we want to be a big club now. We just want to keep giving away these players, strengthening the rivals. You know, when we're also, wanna, we want to challenge. We want to be ambitious. We want to win leagues. We want to win cups. You know, that's, for me, the main crux of this whole thing. If you're going to allow Toby to go to Man United, for me, as a minimum, you have to take Martial back in return. And, I mean, I'll bring it over to you, Ash. I mean, the attacker's agent, uh, being Martial, personally confirmed on Wednesday evening that the forward is looking to leave Old Trafford before the close of the window. How much of that makes an impact, bearing in mind now that his representatives have come out and said, this guy wants away? Yeah, normally if uh, the agent comes out, um, that's that's the start of the end, isn't it? Uh, 
there's not really, especially with a manager like Mourinho, I don't think he'd be very happy with that if he wanted to keep the player. Of course, yeah. Um, so I don't think the agent would would necessarily come out with that sort of thing if it wasn't true. Uh, I I think he'd be a great signing for us, um, and it's kind of that it'd be kind of a marquee signing which we we want going into the new stadium. I know a lot. He, has, he excites a lot of people. I remember when he burst on the scene for United, he looked pretty decent. Um, and I think we in the last like two three years, apart from maybe Sonny, we haven't really had bought anyone that's gone straight into our starting eleven. I mean, yeah. you could say Sanchez, but would he have got in if Toby was playing all, all last point. season? Very good point. Yeah. So, I, I think it's about time we we do sign someone who can go who can make that impact straight into our starting eleven. And I, I think he would. If he wasn't starting on a regular basis, he'd be a great backup for Harry. Mm. I mean, you look at him, uh, his pace, you know, is definitely end product there. And, you know, he just put fears into players. You know, if you've got that kind of electric pace that he's got with the possibility of the end product, I just think he's, he looks like a really, really good player. And I've always said it for me, Lee, coming over to you. I think under Pochettino, he's undoubtedly going to put his arm around him. He's going to get the best out of him. And, you know, according to reports, he's a very keen admirer of the guy. Apparently, the player would jump at the chance, you know, to, to work with him as well. It's about, surely, Lee, now, as his agent has said, the manager relationship with the player. That is so key if Martial is to look for a move away. And you just feel with Pochettino, he could be the guy that gets the best out of him. Because at United, fair to say, we've seen it in glimpses. We haven't seen it on a consistent basis, like Jason said. This could be the potential move that really sets this guy, you know, alight in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I love your passion, mate, on the whole getting something back in return for Old Overworld and your stance on that. I think mm. it's absolutely spot on, mate. I totally agree. <laughs> Thank you, pal. Um, I think I think also as well, you know, I mean, again, I'm a little bit kind of, you know, I suppose time will tell. But when an agent comes out and says them sorts of things, I, I do tend to agree with Ash, uh, you know, if the agent's saying it. But equally, he's also come out and said that we've been in negotiations with Manchester United for some time now, mm. you know, months, not, not, not like kind of two, three days, like months, and we can't come to an agreement. And therefore, now is he, is he floating his player around just so mm. he can get a reaction from Man United to get him to sign a new contract? So, I mean, it's so ifs and buts, and he does that, and he, she said this, and whatever. It's so, so difficult to tell. But having said all of that, do I want, would I like, or would I like to see Martial at the club? I think you make a very good argument for him. I think he, I think he's got bags of pace. He's, he's 22 years old. I think Potts would do wonders for him. I think he, he would walk into the first team, um, you know, in that kind of Lamella spot or interchanging across with a Son or an Ericsson or a, um, or Deli Alley. So across them three, I don't think you know he can push up like a son or, or come in on the uh, the left or the right, something like that. So I think he would be a first team player. He'd have to fight for his place, of course. Don't forget, we've got Mora. That's uh, about to say, yeah. Could, could you imagine, yeah, Lee, well, that that kind of pace you'd have? Mora down one side, Marshall down the other. God, be back to the days when we had Bow and Lennon. Do you remember that kind of blistering yeah, pace? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I would, I would love to see, I would love to see that at Tottenham, that kind of formidable pace. I don't know if Pochettino is ready to adapt this game to that amount of, you know. It, it, that would be a big change from what we've seen in terms of where he likes to operate with a front three. To then go yeah, with two no, kind of outlandish I, wingers, he'd be back to the red nap days, wouldn't it? <laughs> in a, no, in a, in well, a but way. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to change that, that, the, his system. I no, agree with no, that, but I yeah. think it's an interchangeable uh, position. Uh, Martial would be able to play across that three 
uh, across any part of that three or go up top with Kane or go up top instead of Kane, like, like Ash just said. So, you know, anywhere in that front four, Martial would be able to play there. So I think he would be a good addition. And I think, from memory, I think he was the most expensive teenager, 36 million or something, I think. United bought him when he was 19. Um, so, you know, he would probably command a fee of around in this market, like you say, 50-55, Jace. Uh, you know, the same as what an overall would be. So... But but again, my stance is the same. I, I you know my feeling is that I, I think there is now a chance, and I think that Ulver might stay. But regardless of you know, that's just my opinion. But regardless of my opinion, we cannot sell Toby Ulver to Manchester United and get nothing back. Mm. You know, for for me, if Toby Ulver does go to United, I do think we get Martial, and okay. I think actually a little bit like the swap deal happened with United Sanchez and um, Mkhitaryan. What? Yeah, McTarren, yeah, mm. exactly. You know, so they, they've proved that they will do them sorts of deals. Maybe that's the sort of deal that is on the horizon. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you would like to think because of the amount of I time just, this is taking, there's a possibility. Jace, over to you. I was going to say, I just, I just don't don't see it as Pochettino worrying about strengthening the rival at all. I think he'd look at it and say, I could get 50, 60 million quid now for a player that I'm not going to use this season, which allows me to go and get a player that I will use this season. And they will be stronger yeah. that way. And I think yeah. that's what he's saying. He thinks we're not stronger by keeping Toby from Man United because I'm stuck with a player I'm not going to play this. Whether whether as fans we agree with it or not, whether you and me would pick out Toby Alderweireld in the side, the suggestions are that Pochettino probably won't pick him. He'll still leave for £25 million, so he's not that committed. And therefore, we've got a player for 12 months that we that's really not much use to Pochettino. And so let's go and get somebody that is of use to Pochettino and strengthen ourselves rather than worrying about strengthening Man United and weakening ourselves at the same time. Mm. I hear you, Jace, but let me yeah, tell you something. Maybe. Let me tell you something, maybe, Jace. Yeah. I get your point, but you say, you know, that might be, you know, Pochettino's thoughts on it. Believe me, from a fan stance perspective, this changes a lot of thoughts to Daniel Levy if Daniel is holding on to try and get Martial as part of this deal because there is, you know, the section of fans out there, as you very well know, that do think Levy is just all about the money. He would allow, you know, players always, we'd always sell to the biggest payer. We don't really mind if it's going to a direct level. This would change a lot of stance on Daniel Levy and perspective on him that would say, you know what? credit to him he's holding out for this transfer it's not just about selling players you know to a direct rival he wants to get something back in return and that's what I mean I do honestly think this has just got more to it than just selling a player this is proving a point that we're no longer going to be this selling club we want to have you know we want to be a big club now we want to be a big club god listen we've been finishing second third for the last three to four seasons there's only one last logical step to take and that's to win the Premier League and to do that, you have to show that ambition that you're ready to become that. that that's only my point on I agree with, mm. you know, the logical step and to, to, to move forward. You know, the clubs all around us are going to be strengthening. You know, people say, how's anyone going to catch City? There's no way they're going to catch them 20 or points in front of us. Well, hang on a minute. Season before, we finished eight points in front of City. So, so what they did within one season is a 28-point swing. Mm. So what's wrong with us being able to do this, a similar sort of thing? I'm not saying we will, but a similar sort of thing. So the next logical step is for us to, to kind of go and win the uh, challenge again and go and win the Premier League. But, but my question to, every, to you guys and to everyone listening as well is, is Martial going to do that for us? Now, is keeping Toby going to make that happen? You know, we haven't done it so far with the Tobys, with the Dyers, with even the Canes and the Delis and the Christians. What is it that we need in this club, in this squad, in this team right now that is going to make us do it? And it's it's fucking one name. I'm sorry to swear. Oh, God. One <laughs> you got to name. Up, Kenny. 
Lee, you're driving yourself mad. I just cannot you, see it what, Lee, Cannot see it happening. But, 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 but there you go, Lee. If I said to you, sell Toby to Man United, and that gets you the part of the money to go and get Bell, you're worried I'm about strengthening Man United then? No, I'm not, Jason. Yeah, I think that's yeah, what I'm not. Because I'm, Exa- I'm that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, it, no, no, you know, no, again, that's, worry that's about strengthening Tottenham, not not strengthening other clubs. It doesn't bother yeah, me at yeah. all. It's, it's plain. I tell you what it is, guys. I tell you what it is. So, sorry, actually, I'll keep cutting off course with that. I tell you what it is. It's plain to win, not plain not to lose. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like yep, you, you, exactly. the mentality is we're playing not to lose. We're going to go out on a cricket pitch and we're going to fend and we're going to defend and we're going to fend, fend, fend. When actually we want to be Kevin Peterson and we're going to go out there and we're going to smash everyone for sixes or whatever. If we get out, we get out. But we're going to go and play to win. Mm. Do you get what I mean? I get what you mean. Go out and play to win, not to play to lose. Forget everyone else. Just concentrate on us and let's go out and, and, and find the players and get the players and show the ambition that why can't we bring Val back? Why? Uh, because he's on a load of money. Mm. So what? So what that he's on a load of money? So he's going to cost money. So what? Make it happen. Can it happen? Daniel, you listening to this? You better be listening Daniel, to this. You need to. Come on, <laughs> Daniel. Come on. That'll show everyone that he oh, needs dear. business. He's generally, he's generally, generally a world, world class star. A sprinkling of absolute stardust. Won three Champions Leagues, a La Liga. He is a champion. He's a winner. Mixed with all the other champions we've already got on the side. You know, with the with the um, Jan Vertonghen's and the Ericsson's when they won titles over at Ajax and all these things. He's the player. Now, Martial will be a good player for us. He's 55 million, he's 22 and he's... Bale's the one. Sorry, I will shut up now. No, no, I think it's hilarious. I don't know, Lee, if you'll be able to mentally cope if we did bring him back. I think you... <laughs> I don't know what reaction would be. I've got to bring Ash in. Ash, let's talk about another player that's future is currently up in the air at the moment, and that is Moussa Dembele. So, as we understand things to be at the moment, um, on Wednesday, he well, on Wednesday, his agents were reportedly met in Italy to have discussions with Napoli, Inter Milan, and Juventus. His representatives ahead of a proposed switch. Apparently, he's also got big offers in China too. Are you concerned about letting Dembele leave the club, Ash? Yeah, I am and I'm not. I mean, uh, uh, from from what our players say and from what any player who's played with Musa says, that he's one of the best best players they've ever played with. They yep. always pick him in their like, little five-a-side teams and whatnot mm, and say he's so strong on the ball, never loses the ball. Um, and that's what you want from a midfield player. Um, so he, do, he does make us tick. And when Musa's playing well, we invariably win pretty much every time. Um, but... in t- we haven't actually won anything with him in the side, and I feel our two cent because we play these two two central midfielders. One of them needs to, you know, pr- provide a bit more. And if we're playing with with Dyer sitting, he doesn't score many goals and assist many. So I feel like the person who's playing alongside him does need to have a bit more of an output. I mean, it's all good, yeah, beating a man and and then passing the ball, but. Can, you can beat a couple of men and then still do a sideways pass and you haven't really achieved <laughs> anything. Um, so in terms of that, I feel like we'd, we'd miss him more in, a, in the big games where he can control the games. Yep. But in terms of the smaller games, like I've said before on the pod, I would rather have an Ericsson dropping back, someone who can create and where, where we don't necessarily need the, the double defensive pivot. We can have someone who can spring passes like, like Harry Winks was doing when he was in the team. Um to, to make us move forward. So, in in terms of that, I I would be worried to to see him go just because 
looking out there, there's not there's not really many central midfielders out there that we could we could buy. Like that, if if we're going for the top echelons of players, yeah, they're going to they're going to cost the, the the high amounts of money, which we we're not prepared to pay. At the um, moment, that's the thing. At the moment, we don't know, do we? We're so not prepared to pay. We have. It must be said, we have broken the bank here. You know, Harry Kane is on double what he was on before. Let's be honest. That's about two hundred grand a week. He's now on par with, I think, the highest paid players in the Premier League in terms of centre forwards. Pochettino is now the fourth best paid manager in the Premier League. So they have now shown, Ash, as far as we're concerned, that Spurs have started to smash that wage barrier down. Does that not give you the confidence that if Spurs are going to try and recoup quite a substantial fee for Dembele, they are going to now go out and bring, you know, a decent, decent central midfield player in of high quality, like you say, of the higher es- you know, echelons, if you like. Yeah, but but with with Harry, he's, he's the best player in the league, so he's got to be paid the paid the most amount of money. And in my opinion, Pochettino is one of the top three or four players in the yeah. league, so he to be paid the, the the highest amounts of money. But in terms of a, a midfielder coming in, I can't see us bringing in someone who will be the in the top two or three midfielders in the Premier League. There, there's there's not there's not someone who I can think of who's readily available at a different club which we could bring in who. Who would fit fit that type of player? So therefore, we wouldn't be paying the high amounts of money. I mean, can can any of you guys think of a central midfielder that that looks like he could be available this summer that we could bring in? I I, I can't think of any really off the top of my head that Jack, Jack Grealish. <laughs> Well, listen, but let's, look, we are, listen, we're going to talk about Grealish. Listen, we're going to talk about Grealish shortly, but we must have said, before we come on to Grealish, listen, we're not, Grealish is no, nowhere near going to be in comparison to the Dembele position. They're two completely different players. But, like, you know, as you said there, Jace, coming over to you, on Dembele, you know, it's very, very clear that it looks like he's going to be leaving this summer. Let's ask you, who do you see out there, central midfield-wise, that's going to come in? and hit the ground running to replace Dembele in that central midfield, would you say you'll give it to Winks and then allow, you know, maybe another player to develop in the background? Where do you see... Well, we, do, we, don't, we don't even know if Winks will be fit, do we, by then? Because well, I mean, he's had point, yeah. yet another ankle operation. And it is a worry that he's not really been fit other than for a couple of months for yeah. since he got injured at Burnley at the back end of the previous season. So he's... he's you know, he missed a lot of pre-season last year. He got back into the team, had that little spell, and he's hardly kicked a ball since... God, when when did he last kick a ball for us? December? Mm. Apart from that, that game at Rochdale or something like that. So, you know, now he's had another operation over the... the course of the pre... Uh, over the course of the summer. So, we don't know where Winks will be. I think with... With Dembele, it's such a difficult one, isn't it? He is a key member in our best team... But you, you have to look and think, to be a key member of a top side, you've got to be playing well for 30, 35 games a season. And sadly for us, Musa had that, that spell when he was astonishing, but it was for, what, seven or eight games. And that's that's not enough for a key player. I think you just have to ask Dembele the honest question, are you going to be fit for the demands of Tottenham? And I think he'll give you an honest answer. And if it's no, then you, you just accept that, OK, it's... We're going to have to move because we're going to have to certainly move on from in from him in another twelve months anyway, aren't we? I mean, he's not going to be playing when he's, you know, for another four years for us. So the decision's got to be made sooner or later. But that's the difficult thing, you know. He's, he's such a unique talent. It's, Pochettino calls him the genius, and he's only worked with who is it, Messi and somebody else that he he thinks is better than him. So 
it's it's going to be really hard to replace someone like that. And perhaps you, you're not going to get a like for like. You, you, but you, I think that central midfield area is so so important for us this year. And you know, a year ago we all thought Ross Barkley would be coming in, and he's not kicked a ball for a year either, has he? So that just shows you how difficult it is. But mm. I love the boy uh, Milankovic Savic. I think his name at uh, Lazio. He's a player that I'd love us to be linked with, or a Koke from Atletico, or someone I can't like that. Believe I'm hearing James do that transfer no. target. I love it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'd love us to oh, be going for that type of. Come player. on, Jace. Any more? Any more? Come on. No, they're, they're the types <laughs> I'd like us to go for. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, we're not even. Well, I don't think. Those players, well, Milankovic Savic, I think, is linked with one of the Manchester clubs, isn't he? So all the time they're in for the running, you wouldn't get him. But you know, if if he didn't go there, I'd love us to to go for that and and get a really top top quality player in that way. So just to answer Ash's question, Jace, you don't see any kind of at the moment player out there you would say, "Yep, that's who I want to replace Dembele." No, not certainly not in in the the leagues that we know as I say mm. it's 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 looking at it's looking overseas and going out and, and spending 60 70 million on somebody and and you know taking a, a real oh, top player that is, to replace oh, well, I'll say, well, if you're saying a top player yeah but if you're saying spending 60 70 million on someone you know it might not be proven that that's also a massive a massive massive risk I mean I know we've been linked with a couple of French lads I think Ondembele is a name that seems to be mentioned at the moment very very popular guy but again it's again adapting to the Premier League. I mean, Lee, let's get your thoughts on Dembele before we move it along. He's been at times, Lee, formidable. We then saw receive the situation where, you know, FA Cup semi-final, he lost the ball in such a, a dreadful position. Um, like, like Jason said, his Lee's, like Jason said, you know, his legs at times have gone him. You're not over him, are you? Oh, Mooster Dembele. <laughs> so you're not, you're not really... Oh, Mooster Dembele. I get the feeling, Lee, you're not ready to say goodbye then. I, I love him, mate. I mm. think he's absolutely brilliant. But I agree with both the lads. I agree with Ash. I agree with Jace. What you've said, everything is is right. He's you know he's the wrong age uh, to give a massive contract to. He's probably got a massive payday for himself as a player in China. If that's where he goes, or even Juve, or you know uh, or the Italian clubs you've mentioned. When he's on fire, I mean the guy's unplayable. He's a you know Pochino calls him a genius. All the things you said, I, I love the guy. I, I think he 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 for me gets you off your seat in a different way. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a like a you know a Sonny might get you off your seat by um, you know taking somebody on or Ericsson free kick he gets you off your seat. But Dembele, he's so strong and he's so you can't get a ball off him. And it, it's interesting actually. People watch soccer. I am. Or follow soccer or that sort of stuff. You know, when they always ask the questions like, who's the, who's the one that sings in the shower? Who's the player? Da, da, and they ask, who, who's the best player that you've played with? In the, that every single yeah. player said, says Moussa Dembele. Yeah. Every yeah. single one of them said, who's the best player? Moussa Dembele. And so, it's, it, it, that's where the club is, a, is more of a business than a, than a sentiment. If it's a sentimental piece, I'll be saying to him, is another five-year contract, mate, and hopefully we can get 10 games out of you. It doesn't make sense to do that, and I'm not suggesting that we should, but only on the sentimental side. But I do think he's amazing. I think that what would suit him... I mean, if he did go to China, not only get a massive payout, but he would... He would the, the standard of football... Oh, it would be the best so player that league, Lee. Of course, exactly. And, and even with respect to... Um, Italy, because we just got turned over by Juve, didn't we? But mm. with respect to Italian clubs, you know, the, the Italian league is a different. It's not as fast-paced. It's not as hurly-burly or whatever as the, as the Premier League. Maybe not as demanding. So maybe they, you know, these other clubs will get more gains out of Musa. But for, for sure, I, I will be gutted to see him go, I have to say. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Lee, in the fact that it's going to take a very, very special player to replace him. Let's wait and see then, watch this space. So, just to finish up on another name that's been linked, and we've mentioned a couple of times tonight, and that is the name of Jack Grealish. So, just to bring everyone up to date as to where we stand at the moment, which is what we're led to believe, that Spurs are understood to have made a £15 million offer to Aston Villa for Jack Grealish. Pochettino believes Grealish's skill and high energy fits the profile of what he wants for the squad. And apparently the 22-year-old is, you know, from his perspective, he sees him as keen on developing him alongside the likes of Delhi, Ali and Harry Kane. While Grealish is also understood to be excited at the potential to be playing alongside those guys. Um, just my first thoughts on it. And I know many will be, you know, wanting to cover their ears or shooting me down here. That I don't get away from the fact that Tottenham need to bring in two to three marquee signings this summer. I've said it on numerous podcasts, If obviously guys out there listen to the show. However, having said that, Grealish for me is an opportunity where you've got a guy here, he has played in the Premier League before, he's an English lad, and I've said it before you know, on, on different platforms, that you look at Pochettino's track record of English players, and I'll, I'll read them off to you. Shaw, Klein, Dyer, Rose, Trippier, Walker, Ali, Kane, Lambert, Winks. Every English player Pochettino's worked with He's gone on to undoubtedly improve them. So if he takes the punt on Grealish and we get him for a decent price, for me, it could work out to be a very, very shrewd signing. So that, that's my piece on it. I mean, Jace, let's get your thoughts on Jack Grealish and where you stand as a potential Tottenham signing. I think it's, as you say, I think if it's a cheap price, I think the important thing is he, he uh, boosts that homegrown players role that we need we do need to address because we haven't got enough of them unless you you start taking kids literally from the academy side. So we, we do have to, I think there's one or two areas in that because we, you know, we're overloaded with overseas players because Davis counts as a foreigner, Eric Dyer counts as a foreigner. So you look at it and you think, you know, maybe he does fill that, in which case we've got to go and buy an English player. So if he costs us 15, 20 million and he plays a few Carabao Cup guys and he's on benches for Champions League, so be it. But it's not one that, that I suppose, him is as good as anyone else for, for that type of money. So that's how I look at it. But I certainly won't be running around the room overjoyed on the day that if, if we sign Jack Grealish. But, you know, let's be fair, we was all hope, or lots of us were hoping to sign Ross Barkley a oh, year yeah, ago. A and if we'd have signed... If we'd have signed Barkley, we'd have probably been happier than we'd have been by signing Grealish. Yep. And yet he kicked the ball for one game this season. So <laughs> that just shows you it can go the other way as well. Mm. I mean, let's get your thoughts on it, Ash, because I've kind of I've said my piece on Jack Grealish. Where are you at? Because from what we understand at the moment, you know, Villa will be remaining defiant that they will not sell for under the market value of the player. I mean, I think they rate Grealish around the 40 million mark. I mean, given their perilous financial position, I'm sure Daniel Lee will be using that as a bargaining tool to try and bring that price down. What's your thoughts, Ash? Yeah, if if we can get him for a bargain price, then I'm all for it. I, I, I've seen him a few times. I think he's a good player. Um, I, I think he's a he plays in a position which we've got plenty of cover for already, though, with Ericsson, Ali, Son, Mora, Lamella. They all play behind Kane, which ultimately is where Grealish would play. Um so I, I don't think he'd be improving the squad, the the first team. So I think he'd be more of a squad player. So mm. I won't, I wouldn't want to be spending the, the forty million pounds which we could put towards a maybe a Gareth Bale or something. Um, <laughs> nice, no, nice. let me like, talk you into this. Oh, Ash, don't fall into that trap. God, don't. That's, to be fair, I've always been Gareth Bale because I think he's a proven winner. So that's yeah, why we need someone like him. Of course, I agree with you on that. But back to um, Grealish, then you're saying for you, if it's a, 
a decent price, you would be up for it. Yeah, as long as it doesn't affect um, us spending our money on marquee signings, then I'm all for it. But if if it's the case of getting him in and having one less marquee signing, then no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy with that. Yeah, no, listen, I agree. For me, as I've said before, you're looking at at least two to three marquee signings in this squad if you're really going to take it on. And then after that, you know, any players in addition that you feel can improve the squad, the likes of a Grealish, that's where I feel that kind of category lies. I, I, I'll be exactly the same as you, Ash. I wouldn't want to bring Grealish in if it's going to then have a detrimental effect on having those two to three marquee signings, because that's ultimate Tottenham need to get to the next level. I mean, Lee, um, you were, I think I saw you on social media last night. I think you made your points very clear on Grealish. You're not a massive fan of him. I'm guessing that. Uh, Your opinion hasn't changed at all in the last 24 hours. Not really. No, not really. I mean, look, I just, I just, I don't get it. I I get it from an opportunistic perspective. You know, like I said, I think I said earlier, HMRC, Villa. You're a businessman, Lee. Surely you can understand it a little bit. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So from a business perspective, (laughs) I can understand the opportunism to have a look at it. But the, the problem with that is then all of a sudden, like you guys have just said, it has a bit of a knock on effect. Now, we'd probably be able to give Grealish pretty, you know, low-level type wages. We'd be able to give him 15 million, maybe nick him for 20 million, whatever. But then that all of that comes out of a situation of one of these other marquee signings. So now, all of a sudden, like, the Bales, even it, it might be a pipe dream, but, you know, the Martials get further and further away. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier, the logical step is to win the Premier League. We know that Pochettino wants to win big trophies, not only just small ones, he wants to win the big ones. And when he's talking about big prizes, he's talking Premier League, Champions League. Jack Grealish, are you having a laugh? Jack Grealish winning the Premier League. Like, do me a favour. Having said all of that, you could. we may have said that about Deli Alley, but when we bought him well, for five exactly. minutes. Not Deli Alley, funny, League One, but no one was expecting him to have the impact exactly. he made. Exactly. He, he, he weren't, but we all knew he was an amazing talent, right? We all, everybody knew that he had the talent. He just progressed really quickly. Are we all saying that about Jack Grealish? And like the, the point that Ash just made, again, totally agree. Uh, I, I flippantly said earlier, oh, you know, he might go it, it, like uh, for Dembele replacement. He's not a holding central midfielder. He's not a central midfield battler. He's not, a, you know, at best he's a Harry Winks type in central midfield, but he does play at the moment as a number 10 or on the wings. And if you look him up on Wikipedia, that's what he plays. He's an attacking midfielder across that front four. Now, he would not get in that side over Lamella, Son, Deli Alley, Christian Eriksen, uh, Martial, if he signed him, Kane. Now, I mean, he, he wouldn't get in that side. See, my argument I, I, don't get it. I, I hear you, but my argument is, has he had a really good progressive coach to work with? You know, look at his, you know, Steve Bruce, Tim Sherwood. Has anyone really had the opportunity to really kind of take this lad on? I don't think they have. And I think under Pochettino, as I've said, his improvement of English players, for me, is an absolute no-brainer that if it's for a decent price, and I'll say the same point I made, and not to sound like a broken record, as long as it's not going to affect the money that's been put there for bringing in key marquee signings to the club, this is, like I say, like you've said, an opportunistic move that you know could be done for a decent wage and financially from a Tottenham perspective you know suit us then I'm all up for it I mean I really yeah, look, really am I, I don't, like I say it's opportunistic you know all them names you read out you can't disagree with them all them English based players mm. but have a look at the English based players that he's moved on one in particular one person that's in particular that all Spurs fans love Ryan Mason and, 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 you know, is Jack Grealish, gen- honestly, is Jack Grealish any better than a Ryan Mason? And Poch moved him on. 
Well, and I know that we yeah. all love him because of his head injury and all that sort of stuff as well. And I generally love Ryan Mason. But he did move him on. Mm. So all this massive track record he's got with these English players, he moved Ryan Mason on. And, it, and he, he's probably a similar sort of player. Well, number see, eight. I think as mm. well on, on Grealish, I think the, <laughs> the problem will be is if he's our first signing. And you, you're right, Rick. If, if we still bring in marquee signings it's great but I think the worry is that he's the first signing across the line and it just looks like oh god we're going down the the cheap the cheap route doesn't it if if you'd sign that's very key I think you're right a week later you sign Grealish yeah exactly there probably wouldn't be anywhere near the there wouldn't be anywhere near the 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 anti-feeling about him but all the Mm. time that he's the he seems to be the biggest name linked I think people are thinking well hold on a minute if that's that's the level of player we're going for then it's it doesn't exactly suggest that Pochettino was right to sign his contract, point. but mm. I think Fair that's point. that's the problem with Grealish. Great point. That's a great, great point. Don't get me wrong as well with Grealish. If he puts the shirt on, I know it gives the Soko stick, and I've done loads on the pod <laughs> and whatever. But you know, when he puts the shirt on, I back him. I'll never yeah, boo him. I yeah. never. Do, you know what I mean? He's a Tottenham player. So mm. if 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 look, if the club want to sign Grealish and he puts that shirt on, then fine. Jack Grealish, he's one of our own. There you go. I think that's the perfect way to end the show. And listen, we've not covered all the transfer rumours. I don't think we have time to cover them all. But it has honestly been such a pleasure of an hour. Listen, it feels like they've been away, doesn't it, after that? We can't wait for the season to start already. Don't panic, guys. There is more Last Word on Spurs shows coming your way throughout the summer. Can I just say, obviously, a massive thank you, firstly, to Ash for coming back on the show. Thank you. It's always been a pleasure having you, Ash. Yeah, cheers for having me. It's been great. No problem at all. Give us one last shout out for that Spurs Twitter account that people need to start following. So it's at Wall Spurs. At Wall Spurs. You're getting loads of followers already, mate. You get loads of retweets <laughs> from my retweet. Yeah, we're, loving it. Come gonna, on. Listen, we're going to get that boosted and we're going to try our best to get it obviously ready. So at the start, when we move into that brand new stadium, that account will be pumping. That is the plan. And Ash is going to be the man to lead it. So be getting in touch with Ash about ideas you may have. And I'll say he'll be the man to uh, make them happen, Ash, wouldn't you? Yeah, we're going to have a cracking uh, atmosphere at that new stadium. Don't worry about that. We are indeed. We are indeed. Lee, thank you as always. You're regularly, aren't you, on here? So thank you as always for coming well, back on, Lee. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm absolutely honoured. I know a lot of people say it, and I've said it before, but when I started to kind of break into the first team, as it were, on last word on <laughs> Spurs at the beginning of the season, I was a bit of a bit part player, and uh, now <laughs> I have kind of broke into the first team. They call me Sissoko, you know. Well, what I, mean? I was going to hope, Lee. Does this mean this could be the new? This could be the new Grealish. Could this be how it's, how it's coming? You know, making its way for you. Might be breaking in, and by the end of it, you're going to be a first team. You know, you know creating goals, scoring goals for midfield. I think uh, no. I think I'm more son. <laughs> In, in, in more often than not. Only you could come back with a comment like that. Thanks, Lee, as always. We'll have you back on Thanks, very, buddy. very soon. Don't be seeing no problem. And Jace, as always, thank you. And can I say, Jace, I've loved hearing you talk about transfers. I saw the rest of the regular listeners also have thought to themselves, God, Jason talking about transfers. What's going on? He no. must be losing it. I tell you, Golovkin on Sunday. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best shout of the night. Golovkin on Sunday will be linked with Tottenham. I absolutely guarantee it. Absolutely, and and actually, the one transfer we didn't discuss was Jack Wilshere, who I, I believe has more or less been released today. And with <laughs> Blackburn Rovers, the only club showing any interest in him. Oh, what a way! That, that's the best one in the show, isn't it? There you go. Can't Jack say we tried to end it with a, with a comedic bit of uh, laughter. Spurs hopefully going to be in the market very, very soon and bringing these top players in. Guys, enjoy the show. I promise you, we're going to be back soon with some more last word on Spurs specials throughout the summer. Have a great weekend. And come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network.